to the Kelly Green Hour, the Super Bowl edition. We are a mere 79-ish hours away from the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs kicking off Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. I'm your host, Audrey Harrell, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, we're almost there. This, this week has been taking forever, but we're slowly but surely getting to the point where we get to watch some Super Bowl uh, 57. Yeah, man, it, it's been a really long, really slow week. And last week was too. And the lead up to the Pro Bowl, like the Pro Bowl was so disappointing, so stupid. And then I get it when the players are involved and it's super exciting and the media days fun for them. But it's just not the same watching media personalities ask really stupid and pointless questions. I get it. It's fun for them and it's part of the moment, but it just makes the weeks drag on because they're all talking about the game. They're all talking about looking at after the game and the post, uh, the off season and all this stuff. And I'm like, I just want this game to happen, man. I think it's going to be a really good game. So I'm pumped to start talking about it. Yes, definitely cannot wait. Um, for Sunday, we finally get through the – just get through everything. We finally get – Finally get through it all, and we'll we'll be able to talk or watch the game. I can't wait for that. Before we get started, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHarrell54. Follow the Painted Lines on Twitter and YouTube at the Painted Lines, and follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Edge of Philly Sports or EOP Sports. And if you're joining us live, let us know your thoughts on the game. Um, leave, leave a comment. Uh, we'll definitely – excuse me, we'll definitely um, uh, bring it up and, and chat about it. Um, but so, Connor, first thoughts. Let's go to opening. I just want to talk op the opening night of media. Seeing Andy Reid with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey um, and, you know, just seeing Andy Reid in general. I mean, he hasn't been the Eagles coach in 10 years, but, you know, he was here for 14 years. What were your, what were your thoughts on, on all of that, that during the opening night, uh, opening you know, media night. It was just cool to see. Like, like I said, I love seeing all the media attention and and see like some of the questions. Like I said, are really stupid, but like you like seeing the interaction of the players. It feels like Jalen Hurts' personality is really shining through a bit. Like I saw somebody post, like I've never seen Jalen Hurts smile so much. It feels like he's been able to kick back and let loose a little bit. And maybe the, and that that's so true. Maybe it's because of the comments made by Jeffrey Laurie that he has nothing left to play for. Maybe it's that it, that he made it. This is a big game. This is what he's been working up to, proving all his doubters wrong. So it's really good to see him the way that he has been. The interaction between Andy Reid and and the players is awesome. It's always awesome. You know, if 
things could have been different, we'd probably still have Andy Reid right now. I would have preferred it that way, but we know that change is necessary in football. Change is inevitable, and sometimes they find that success. They reincarnate that success that they had or were trying to get to with their old team just because they need a change of scenery. And we've kind of seen that with some coaches, how things died down with Doug Peterson. He went to Jacksonville. He's reviving Jacksonville. It's kind of looking like the early days of his time in Philadelphia when he was turning us around and turned us into a Super Bowl contender. So it's just really cool to see all the interaction. And, and that's the fun part about the media. And I not listening to the media, ask the questions. I find that extremely irritating because a lot of them are really stupid. Like I've said a few times, um, but the interaction between everyone is just so fun. And the biggest thing that stood out to me was the camaraderie of this team. Everybody can't say enough good things. And if there was enough money to go around, this whole team would be back again next year. I guarantee it would. And it's unfortunate that it's not going to happen that way. But you can definitely tell there's a, so much more camaraderie. While people are hating on Philadelphia, the team saying, I would come back. I love it here. Who wouldn't want to be here? Um, so that's what stands out to me. Jalen Hurts' reaction and the camaraderie of the team and how they're all standing together. And despite what people are saying about Philadelphia, they're saying, Screw what other people are saying. Philadelphia is awesome. Everybody should want to come here. Going back to what Jeffrey Laurie said about Jalen, do you agree that he doesn't have anything to play for? I do feel like, like if and and I heard I heard this on, on the radio this week, and it's kind of true. And I'm a big I I, I love Jalen in college, but in the biggest games in college, he wasn't that good. Um, in the playoff game last year, he wasn't that good. Even the play now in this year's playoff games, they haven't needed him to be good because they just the Giants aren't good. They were able to run right through him. The the Niners didn't have a quarterback, so he didn't have to throw the football, um, and they were able to run right through him. Do you? Th- I mean, I I do think that he kind of does have something to prove in this in this Super Bowl. Like they could go out there, and it could be a high scoring game, and the Chiefs win, and be like, all right, that wasn't Jalen's fault. That was just Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, but. He could also go out there, and it could be 28 nothing at halftime, and he's just having a crap game. I mean, I do kind of sort of think that he does have a little bit, still has a little bit to prove, and I think he would agree with that. Absolutely. I think he still has something to play for. I mean, you can get like, you know, all the discussion right now, is it 45 million? Is it going to go past $50 million? You win the Super Bowl, you are going north of 50 million without a doubt. But if you don't win the Super Bowl, maybe you have a bit to talk about, especially like you said, if things get really ugly and he kind of throws up the Tampa Bay game of last year. But I mean, we don't, we hope, we know, we hope, I guess we don't know, but we hope that he's not going to return to that form and that he, you know, he's learned a lot and he's come a long way this season. Um, but yeah, there's always something to play for. Even once you get the contract, you should still be playing for, for, um, for the team, for the wins, for the Super Bowls, you should st- to live up to the expectations of the contract are given. There's always something to play for. And that's why, like, Lori's going to say it just for the sake of, you know, this is our guy. We don't, we're not even going to discuss quarterback in the offseason. There's no need to. Don't overreact to anything done at the quarterback position. J- this is Jalen's team. You know, he's just really throwing everything behind Jalen Hurts, maybe to boost his confidence and keep his confidence up going through this week, going through that first Super Bowl week, and knowing that, you know, because it's your first one, I've, Lori's been here before. He knows what to say. And to keep his quarterback focused on the game 
team. Um, it's difficult to say. I, I really didn't feel the comment was necessary, but I, I get where he was coming from in regards to if there's anybody questioning an extension, don't worry it's happening I think might more or less be where he was going with it not necessarily that Jalen had nothing to play for but just kind of to get ahead of the Philly media and say there's a contract extension coming do not even discuss other quarterbacks or the prospect of doing anything different and deviating away from him that's kind of what I felt of it but there's definitely something to play for I think there's always something to play for and and based on the mentality and the way that Jalen talks I agree, LJ. I think he would agree 100%. Yeah, so, I mean, and I also think that the Eagles aren't taking the Carson Wentz route with with, um, Jalen. Like, they rolled out the red carpet. They gave him the big money after the year, what, three, four, whatever it was. Um, so I, I think they're going to play this smart when it, when it comes to Jalen. All right, let's jump into the game. I mean, we, we know that there's a bunch of storylines. Uh, we know it's the Andy Reid Bowl, the Kelsey Bowl. Um, Nick Sirianni used to coach, I mean, was in Kansas City um, and was coaching with Reid for like 10 minutes before, you know, he got, he got let go. What do you think the biggest storyline of this game is um, coming into it, whether it's, again, Andy Reid, the Kelseys, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. What, what do you think the biggest storyline is? That's difficult. Like you said, there is so many fun storylines. Like this Kelsey storyline is great to watch. Like the, the, the interviews with the father and the mother on their podcast and so on and so forth. They're playing it up massively. Like they're all over the media. She's getting interviewed. The mom's getting interviewed everywhere too. Um, she was on CNN. She, she's doing it all. Like they're soaking that all in. Although I think the biggest storyline in my opinion doesn't come from one of those like the first two black two black quarterbacks going against each other the Andy Reid bull the Kelsey Bowl. I don't think it has anything to do with that I think the biggest storyline is is what Philadelphia has been able to accomplish like even win or lose this defied the expectations that were kind of there I it people were starting to uh, become adjusted to it as the off season rolled on. And like, people were starting to predict that we were going to end up finishing. Like you saw people predicting, we thought it was crazy to think about predicting only a couple losses or three, four losses. And here we are completely wrong about it. They've defied expectations and how he has proven. I feel like there's been a lot proven by Howie, a lot proven by Nick Sirianni, a lot proven by Jalen hurts. There's just been, and that's the biggest storyline to me is that, there still is disrespect and you can tell like you still see guys like Chris Sims who just will not back down on anybody could go into that offense and just win or Jalen Hurts still isn't a top 10 quarterback or so on and so forth they just ignore all of that and they just keep going and they keep finding success they keep finding ways to win whether ugly whether good they didn't have to win pretty last week or two weeks ago and that's one of the big things like people talk about well if they were healthy the thing is they played to you know, the game and the way that the game went and that's how the game went. So I know that the media and I know guys like Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey are sitting there saying the ref screwed us. The game was they the game was given to Philadelphia and so on and so forth. But we still had to win and 
play basically against ourselves to make sure that we were able to win and we didn't take it to heart that, oh, they don't have a quarterback who can throw. Because we've seen Philadelphia do that where they play into a situation and they or they play down their situation and they lose those types of games. So I think like that's the biggest storyline to me is just how far the Eagles have come as a team from a coaching, a player standpoint, quarterback big time with Jalen Hurts standpoint. That's the biggest storyline and the continued doubters and the continued hate is just more fuel as we've seen over and over again for Philadelphia. And these teams are so evenly matched. I mean, you think about it, they had the same record, the same amount of points scored, uh, MVP caliber quarterback, number one seeds, and both have a Kelsey. Like, it, it's it's how, it's crazy how closely mirrored they are, and it's expected to be like that. Andy Reid set the standard in Philadelphia, and Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have continued that post-Andy um, Reid. So it should be a great matchup. And if you think about it, looking at the teams, you could theoretically say that the three best players in this game are Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, and Travis Kelsey. But then after that, a bunch of Eagles, Jalen Hurts, Jason Kelsey, you know, Hassan Reddick, Darius Slay, James Bradbury. Um, you know, if it, it's, it's crazy. Lane Johnson, just you can go on and on and on. But, like, Usually you kind of usually you kind of have a feel of how the game how a Super Bowl could potentially go, and I have no feel for this game right now, like as we're seventy eight ish seventy nine ish hours out. So I, I mean I'm I'm just the, the Chiefs could come out and they've been there before, and obviously a handful of Eagles players have been there before, but like you know, the quarterback at the most important position in sports, the quarterback has been there. This is his third time in the Super Bowl. He knows the expectations while Jalen has played in a national championship game, a, a couple of them, this is still a totally different monster than that. The Super Bowl is, you know, as soon as the kick, the first kickoff, all the light bulbs going off. And as much as he says, you know, we're just trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do everything. To, and the organization is saying, we're trying to do everything the same as if, as if it was a regular game. This isn't a regular game. This is the damn Super Bowl. So that that's going to be interesting to me is how do you, you got all the ticket requests. Hopefully, all that's out the way. Um, all the, you know, all the media obligations will be out the way. Um, you know, all the fa- like family obligations. You obviously want to see your family, but you don't want them to be a distraction um, as you're as you're approaching the Super Bowl. Um, so I think that's going to be a key. The first couple minutes of the game, um, which team handles all that, all the adverse, whatever adversity. The longer, the longer time before a game, you know, because you have all the festivities leading up to kickoff. Who handles all that better? And, you know, I think Kansas City right will have the advantage because they've been there and he's been there. Um, and the Eagles only have, like I said, a handful, five, six, seven, eight players that, that have been there. I think that could be a key early on in the game. But then as you kick off, go through the first quarter, second quarter, I think it just becomes a, a regular football game after that. I agree. I, I think, like, you got to – get comfortable in the situation like the spotlight's huge it's a big game we talked about this with brock purdy a couple weeks ago nothing matches each as you go forward in each round nothing matches the mental play on you in the in those types of situations because it's huge you don't even realize until you step onto the field and then it hits you and you're like holy wow like we're we're here this it's time like we got to win every drive counts every point counts like everything starts to go and it starts to turn once you get on the field and we've seen Jalen Hurts man he's he's as calm cool and collected as you as almost any quarterback in the NFL but at the end of the day 
you know inside that these types of moments hit different and whether he wants to say it or not or whether he wants to show it or not we know it's hitting different and we know it is going to hit different for everybody even the what is it the five eagles who are back from the 2017 team that won the super bowl even those guys it's still going to hit different every super bowl is different that it's it's huge and and that's it's it no matter what you say, it is definitely going to play into their minds at the beginning and things may be a little sloppy at the beginning. But like you said, hopefully they settle into it and it just becomes just another football game. Get through that first drive, maybe that first quarter and realize this is just another football game. Let's go out and win it. We've, we've won, what, 17, 16 of them this year? Let's go and win one more. What's one more? Yeah, and then I think you know, before we jump into the, the X's and O's of, of it all, there's no hate. And, and, and I, I don't like using the word hate because there's not really hate between teams. But let's be real. There's really no hate between these two teams. Like Travis Kelsey with, with the brothers being on these teams, like they 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 hang out in offseason probably. Like I'm not saying that 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 Patrick Mahomes is going to be best friends with somebody from the Eagles. But there's no <clears throat> ill will, I don't think, between. There's no former Chiefs on the Eagles that have an ill, Ill will for being cut. Um, there's no besides obviously besides some of the coaching staff, I don't think player wise, there's no former Eagles on the, um, the, the chiefs. So it's just like, you kind of, you kind of want some animosity between the players, but they're in the teams. But there really isn't this year. Obviously you can have that, you know, they're going to play up the, the Kelsey's will play up the, the sibling rivalry, <clears throat> you know, the media, um, is, is going to, bring up, uh, you know, Andy Reid leaving or being fired from Philly and try to bring up some some animosity. But as Joe says, there's definitely a mutual respect between these two organizations. They are built the same. Andy Reid, Spagnola, Greg Lewis, Biennemi, um, even the trainer, um, Rick Burkholder, all, all those guys came from Philly. Matt Nagy, who's the QB coach, came from Philly. Um, so, like, and, and then when you look at the Eagles, um, Nick Sirianni came from the Chiefs. Uh, and you see Kelsey, uh, Jason Kelsey has gone to the Super Bowl to watch Travis play. I'm pretty sure Travis went to the Super Bowl 52 to watch the Eagles play. Um, like it, it's just a brotherhood that you don't see when two teams, like if this was when the Eagles and the Patriots played, you saw Tom Brady wanted nothing to do with Nick Foles. And when he beat him, definitely didn't want nothing to do with him. There's not, it's not going to be like that. If Jalen, if if the Chiefs win, Jalen Hurts is going to go up and congratulate Patrick Mahomes. If the Eagles win, Patrick Mahomes is going to go up and congratulate Jalen Hurts. There is just that respect between these two organizations that I think will make this game even more fun to watch because you're not going to we're not going to be sitting there. Is there going to be a, a a fight like there was a, the the, the um, NFC Championship game when Trent Williams is th- trying to throw people like there's not going to be that in this game. No, there probably isn't. And, you know, like you say, you want to see some animosity because if there's a little bit there that can, you know, that can make all the difference. I still think that these two are premier. Obviously, they made the Super Bowl. These two teams are premier NFL teams that no matter what, whether there was animosity or not, they're going to step on that football field and it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a competitive game. And there doesn't even have to be animosity or anything there between them because they are the best of the best they know they are you got a number you got a top three offense versus a top three offense the only weird spot is the chiefs defense ranks in the middle of the pack of everything and our defense ranks in the top third of the or top three of the league in that category too so like it's 
pretty much the best of the best going one-on-one. Maybe if you swapped a couple Kansas City Chiefs players uh, and got a defensive players and got a couple better guys in there, then we'd be talking about top defenses as well. But at the end of the day, I don't think you need that animosity or anything. Nope, not at all. All right. So let's jump into the X's and O's overall. We'll start with the the uh, Chiefs defense, or excuse me, the Chiefs offense. And obviously, it starts with Patrick Mahomes, probably going to win the MVP tonight. Um, and their running game uh, with Rucker, the Jersey Zone, and and a rookie from Rucker, Isaiah Pacheco. Jarek McKinnon has been really big out the backfield for them, and Clyde Clyde Edwards Hilaire is, is going to be playing in this game. So while the Chiefs do not run the football a lot, because it's Andy Reid, obviously, and um, Andy um, Reid does is more prone to throwing the football. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they try to surprise the Eagles here and there. Maybe you know some screens, obviously some draws, and, and try to get the running game because Hassan Reddick has been a beast. And if you can't, if if Orlando Brown or um, you know Andrew Wiley aren't able to stop um, Hassan Reddick, it could be a long day for that Chiefs offense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you you hit it on the head there. The Chiefs, like you know that they're not going to run a whole lot, but you saw Isaiah Pacheco. I think he had like seven receptions last week. They used him in a unique way. He he's a good runner. If he can find a little bit, if he can find a little bit of a hole and and start going, he he's a violent runner. I his run style's weird. Like whenever he runs, it's weird. I'm always sitting there. I'm like, man, I don't, I can't pinpoint it, but he's a weird runner, but he's a violent runner. He's an aggressive runner and you don't want many holes to open up. And when he's coming at you, you want to make sure you can make those tackles as well. Um, Obviously, so Juju's going to be a go. It looks like Kadarius Tony apparently is running all over the place so that the, he's going to be a go. They're only going to be missing Mecole Hardman, um, which is a decent, player to miss if you don't have Kadir's Tony and you don't have Miko Hardman that takes away like that that fancy coming out of the backfield type of trickery that they can that some teams use those were the two main guys that would that would get those hands off in the backfield on the trick plays and bust out for 10 15 20 yards on a run those were those two guys so if there's anything wrong with Kadarius Tony or he's not 100% that could limit what they can do with the playbook from that perspective but Last week, MVS stepped up big time. Marcus Valdez-Scanlon stepped up big time. Juju, if he's healthy, we know that he can inhale targets and do do what he's got to do with it. And then, of course, we know Travis Kelsey. He's coming off like what a couple weeks ago was 17 targets or whatever. Like he just takes all the targets. And we know that our linebackers won't be able to cover that we're, we're gonna we we know that at the end of the day there's gonna need to be a lot of help there it's probably gonna be a mix of like you know Vontae Maddox is a bit undersized you're probably gonna have some help from Gardner Johnson over top to cover that it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with Travis Kelsey because it feels like you could put two or three guys on him and he's still gonna make the catch he he's an x-factor big time in this game and it's gonna be he's gonna be an x-factor because I would argue we haven't played a tight end or an X-factor tight end like this. We've talked about tight ends being a factor in games because our coverage from a linebacker perspective isn't great, but this is a completely different tight end and a completely different beast, especially since we didn't really get to see George Kittle last week because uh, they couldn't pass football. Um, 
You definitely got it right there. Their offensive line is good, but not great. It's it, it shows flashes of being able to be something, but at times it can be hit or miss. And going up against our defensive line, that's going to be a completely different challenge because you got a team that is smashing records for sack records. A, whether it be sack records for individual players, how many individual players have double-digit sacks, whether it be sacks altogether. I know that some people, like we said a couple weeks ago, are going to try and discount the sack record. The sacks, it's still sacks or sacks. And like I think it was Hassan Reddick or somebody had mentioned, you know, it, their, splash, their splash stats. And for some people, if it was anybody else, it's going to matter. But for because it's us, it doesn't matter kind of situation kind of statement was made and it's kind of true because you look at Trayvon Diggs last year and his interceptions everyone went crazy and forgot that you know he gave up over a thousand yards and then you look at the defensive player of the years or the ones who are up for defensive player of the year and you compare them to Hassan Reddick they don't even have the splash stats so it, it or they have it but maybe on par or less than Hassan Reddick so it is really bizarre how all that works but at the end of the day we know that this defensive line is really good and they can get pressure and whether it always ends in sacks or not we have been seeing a guy like Hassan Reddick doing complete causing complete chaos back there and we saw in the last Super Bowl that the Chiefs played in against Tampa Bay Tampa Bay's defensive line won the game for the Buccaneers and and the Chiefs had to go out and pretty much rebuild their offensive line. So that could be another um, way for the Eagles to go about, um, you know, trying to rattle. It's, it's, you can't you can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them, Patrick Mahomes. Um, my other, and I, I'm speaking on the Eagles' defense. I think having Avante Maddox back is going to be key in terms of trying to trying to contain Travis Kelsey because you maybe use a Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Um, along with if you want to double team and maybe a because Kaiser White or something like that. Now Gardner, while we we like Gardner Johnson back at safety, now he can play all over the place. He can cover he can cover the slot. He can cover the tight end. Um, so I think if Avante Maddox can be healthy the entire game, that'll be key. And I also think um, my biggest worry for the Eagles defense, and he has been good. But again, it was against teams that don't have good quarterbacks, Jonathan Gannon. Because we saw last year what he when he went up against a real legit quarterback, the last time they played the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes had 80% completion percentage and five touchdowns. So that's my worry. Will we get the, the passive Gannon? Will we get the, the sit back and shell Gannon and allow um, Mahomes to dink and dunk his way down the field to an 80% completion percentage? If we don't get the Gannon, that's going to allow the receivers or the corners, Slay and Bradbury, to play up, um, get a little physical. And he, and I'm not saying, and I'm not asking him to blitz, 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 but come up with creative ways to get after Mahomes. Mahomes will tear the defense apart. I don't care how good the defense has been playing, but if Mahomes, if 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 Gannon doesn't get creative, it could be a long day for this Eagles defense. Yeah, I completely agree. On the Avante Maddox front, I know he only played, what was it, like 21 snaps last uh, two weeks ago against San Francisco. I do think that was in large part to, you know, it was his first game back. And the fact that they weren't going to be able to throw, they were able to be more flexible and, you know, get him off the field a little bit more. Hopefully Maddox will be able to be out there for, you know, 70, 80% of snaps so that you can use Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in more creative ways and in different ways because you know you're going to need him up against any, I mean, the receivers may not be 
A-list receivers, but at the end of the day, it's Patrick Mahomes who turns them into the A-list receivers and the A-list weapons that they are, except for Travis Kelsey, who uh, who Mahomes just takes him from A-list to like A-plus-plus list. But like the, having those guys, you know, having Mahomes throwing you the football, he can get the football to you. You just got to make the catch. We have seen drops be a major enemy to guys like Marcus Valdez-Scantlin, Juju, Miko Hartman, Kadarius Tony. There's been some bad drops throughout the playoffs for them uh, in the in games for the Chiefs. So maybe we get some help in that regard as well. But the, having Maddox people be out there the maximum amount of time and use Gardner Johnson in more unique ways and all over the field would be huge. So hopefully we did see the first practices that Maddox was in a boot. The Eagles did say that it was all precautionary and whatever, and probably just to help, you know, get, get weighed off, get anything they can off of Maddox so that he's able to get himself closer and closer to 100%. Um, for for this game so i would i believe that it was probably just precautionary not something we have to worry about because we really don't want to see a guy like josiah scott out there in the super bowl because he's gonna end up he was getting eaten alive by not very good teams not very good quarterbacks he will get left to die against this offense and we don't want him to have to be out there even at 70 and 80 percent of Ante maddox is better than 100 percent josiah scott so i'll take it any way that we can um, and I agree with you on Jonathan Gannon completely. I mean, we've never seen him in this big of a game, in this big of a moment. It always has felt like, you know, he could be passive because he knows, oh, next week's next week. I don't I don't necessarily need this one. Or he's able to test, it, test being a bit more passive out. But now he's never been in this moment. He needs to know. You, we know he's not going to be aggressive in regards to the blitz. He's no, no Spagnola. Spagnola is going to bring the blitz. He's going to bring the pressure. He's going to make things tough for Jalen Hurts. That's not the way Jonathan Gannon makes things tough. He's more creative in the secondary. He he tries to work on situations where he can get his guys more aggressive one-on-one. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like you said, what Gannon does, because this is a very different moment than when we've usually seen him as passive. But we always have to live and die on the fact that he always does it against really good quarterbacks is when he gets passive and everyone's playing 10 yards off, protecting the sticks. And next thing you know, you're backed up to the end zone and you can't give up any more yards. So you have to actually start to be aggressive. Hopefully we don't see that, but this is a big moment and we know that you can't be passive for too long and you have to make your adjustments before halftime. You're going to have to adjust as things are happening. Yeah. I mean, the big battle of Andy Reid versus Jonathan Gowner. I mean, I think Reid definitely has the advantage there. Um, so, so we'll see. And, you know, with the receivers that Kansas city has, and you mentioned it, like they're not a level receivers, but Mahomes is what makes them that good. Um, like we, we have to allow Bradbury and Slay to, to man up on them and, and try to take them out the game so that you can have more bodies. Or I mean, we're, I'm not expecting Mahomes to be running like obviously two weeks out and he was able to do it in the AFC championship game. So he's going to um, have more time and he's going to be a little bit healthier. I mean, it's a high ankle sprain, so it's not something that he can come back from, you know, after a week, but I do expect him to be a little bit more mobile, um, which, you know, if if the ends are getting too far upfield, Mahomes will have no issue stepping up, finding Kelsey in the middle of the field, which is the Eagles, I think, weakness on defense is that middle of the field. So that's where Kelsey, I think, will be able to expose. So uh, that'll definitely be interesting to see. Let's jump over to the Eagles offense. And it obviously starts with Jalen Hurts. 
and he hasn't been good since the injury throwing the ball downfield. And I think that's going to be key being able, because I think AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are going to be able to beat McDuffie and beat um, Legereus Sneed. They're going to be able to win their matchups, but can Jalen Hurts hit them down the field? That's going to be question number one because he will get the pr- protection. I know uh, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, they're really good, but the Eagles offensive line is the best in football, so I think they'll give him time. I don't know if it's the injury. I, j- I don't know if it's jitter. I, j- I don't know what it is, but the last couple of weeks, he, uh, you know, the last couple of games, while he hasn't needed to, he's going to need to be able to hit a play down the field um, in the Super Bowl. The question will be, will he be able to? Absolutely. I agree. And, and I mean, the, that's definitely going to be a difference maker because this secondary really isn't that good. You look at it, uh, Legereus Sneed, the big name, the big guy, he's given up a 70, 70% receiving rate at 713 yards. You look at the linebackers, Nick Bolton and uh, Willie Gay, they're both giving up 90% reception rates. Um, and then you look at like Trent McDuffie, you look at Reed, you look at Thornhill, they're all giving up well north of 60% receptions. So you you should be able to take advantage of this. They're, they're not that great in coverage. They are... They are more aggressive, and we know that that's a Spagnola defense there. They are a lot more aggressive. They will man up. They will make your day tough. Um, and I agree with you. I think that like this is going to be something where I think A.J. Brown needs to be taken advantage of. We we the, Since the playoffs, we haven't really seen him used as much. Even more since, like, dating back almost to when Jalen Hurts got hurt, we haven't been seeing A.J. Brown used as much or as effectively as we had been seeing it prior to his injury. Um, so we're definitely going to need to have a big game out of him, you know, hitting the big play to Devontae Smith. We saw that was a massive game changer, a huge shift in momentum when he was able to hit that big play that wasn't actually a, big, a play, but we got away with it against San Francisco. Those types of big plays are going to be needed and they're going to have to happen and happen a couple times you got to be able to open things up. You can't just be throwing within the first 10 yards and hoping that, and, and hoping that the run game gets going. No, you, they go, everything goes hand in hand. You got to be able to work all parts of the field and he has to be able to start getting that ball downfield. One of the big things about Patrick Mahomes, you know, that man is hurt. You absolutely know that man is in a lot of pain. It's all or nothing. I get it. There's a difference between the shoulder and the knee or the ankle. I get it, but you got to just get, get whatever you got to get for your pain tolerance. And then, then it's all on you. And th- there's no bigger moment than this. You got to unleash. You got to be able to play through that injury. We saw it last week with Patrick Mahomes, man. There was times he got up limping and you could tell that man is fighting through something really painful, probably on point with what Jalen Hurts He's is probably going not through. not coming so. off the field ever. They'll have no. to, they'll, they'll have to, I respect the hell out of him. The guy knows that these are big moments. These are moments that you're not, well, they may get them more frequently because it's the Kansas City Chiefs and they've been insane the past few years. But you know these moments aren't always going to happen. And injury, you know there's a lot of guys fighting through things. You know at, after this game, come Monday, Tuesday, we're going to get Lane John. Well, we know Lane Johnson's playing through something and Maddox is playing through something. We're going to get all those reports of this guy's playing through this and that and this and that. We know everyone's playing through something, but you've got to be able to put it aside and be the Jalen Hurts that you were earlier in the year because those big plays are what open it up so you can get some runs, so Miles Sanders can break some big runs. Kenneth Gainwell, who's 
been on fire in the playoffs can get some big runs. You need to be able to open the field up and use everything outside the numbers, inside the numbers from zero to 10 negative like screen plays even he's got to be able to hit everything it's got to be one of his best games and we haven't really seen a good game from Jalen Hurts since before that Chicago game really the games have been touch and go he like you said he hasn't had to be but it's not like he's put any effort to make them look any better they are they were ugly a lot of those wins were ugly wins and he made them remain ugly wins with the way that he was playing so he's got to put that all aside he's got to be the Jalen Hurts we saw prior to the injury whether he's at 80 percent or 75 percent or 100 percent we need him to be playing like he's at 100 percent yep and even if he like you said even if he's not it's going to be important that he he just goes out there and and does what he does, and I expect the full gambit of, of plays. You can see a bunch of RPOs. I will be interested to see if the if Spags uses um, Nick Bolton, maybe, um, or Willie Gay. Probably Nick Bolton if they if they were going to spy um, M Hurts. But if Hurts is able to throw the football, it's going to be tough to spy him because. We know we saw early, like in the Dallas, the Dallas game in Philly, um, when he had Michael Parsons on skates. Like he was able to run, he was able to throw because he had that full gambit uh, ability of plays. So, so that'll be interesting to see what the Eagles' offense is going to come out. Are they going to come out running the football? Are they going to try to establish the pass to to back the the, the Chiefs' defense up? But like you said, Spags is going to come after him. Because this offensive line for the Eagles is really good, so you have to find a, a chink in the armor. And if, the, if that's bringing six so that there's only five to block and you have to force Jalen Hurts to miss, um, make somebody miss, that's what you do until he beats you. And if he beats you early on, it can be a long day for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at it now. Pressured completion percentage for Jalen Hurts, 34.5%. That's 26th among all quarterbacks. Clean pocket percentage, 74%. It's second among quarterbacks. You know that he is much better. Most quarterbacks are much better with a clean pocket. But in games where we've seen teams kind of bring the pressure to Jalen Hurts, the offense hasn't been able to look as effective as we like to see. And we know that Spags is a guy who's going to bring that pressure. He's not afraid to do it. Now, he's not going to do like cover zero, like we're not Greg Williams here. But he is very methodical with how he brings pressure, when he brings pressure. He's one of the smartest defensive coordinators in the league. And you know, you look at that pressure completion percentage and you know Jalen Hurts struggles once the pressure comes. He needs to be given time so he can make a decision. Do I run? Do I see an opening to run? Um, do do I throw the ball deep, like waiting for the play to transpire? Do I find Dallas Goddard or Gainwell close? He needs the time to make a decision. I think he's a good processor, but he's not as quick as we would like him to be sometimes. And when the pressure comes, that's when you really see that weakness and that kink, like you kind of say, that he doesn't necessarily have the process and ability. Like Patrick Mahomes, he makes things happen just like like snap a finger. If the pressure hits him right away, the ball's gone. He's taken the hit, but the ball's gone, and he's already found someone to throw to. That's not something we necessarily see from Jalen Hurts, and we're going to probably need to see from Jalen Hurts. Be prepared. Know where your safety valve is going to be and where you can get the ball out quick if pressure comes because you know that 
I would probably say on a good nearly half of his dropbacks on Sunday night, he's going to be under some sort of pressure. So he's going to have to be able to make plays and know where the players are to make sure that he's not taking sacks. He's not making his offensive line take bad penalties. He needs to know he needs good high football IQ and to make things happen out of what could be nothing at times. And Joe makes a good point. It's okay if Hurts isn't 100%. The team will rally around him to bring him the win. They, they'll fight for him. That is true. Like, the one thing I – this team loves playing for Jalen Hurts um, and this coaching staff. But, like, as much – as big of a fan as I was of Carson Wentz, he was he was standoffish, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, when it came to, to, to stuff with the team. So, th- that you don't see with, with Jalen. They, they will play for Jalen Hurts. And they will do what needs to be done. I mean, they know that Jalen will do everything he can do in his power to help them uh, come away with the victory. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And and just a couple more from the offensive side of the ball. The matchup with Chris Jones will be really interesting to watch. Um, when I was looking at PFF at his breakdown, he's played all over. He's been a tackle. He's been on the right end. He's been on the left end. In the last four or five games, he has been on the left end, which would put him up against Lane Johnson, right? Yeah, left end. So he'd be going up against Lane Johnson, right tackle. But you know that he can play all over that that uh, defensive line. And you know Spagnola, like I said, he's he's smart. He's going to get creative. Jones will play at different areas, and he'll be responsible for eating up bodies so that the pressure can get after Jalen Hurts. And we know that. Chris Jones, 93 total pressures on the year, 17 sacks. It's nothing to scoff at. He's at a, and that's regular and postseason. He's had an incredible season. He's, he's like, he's like, an ageless wonder. So we know that he's going to do some big things. He's one of the only guys you really, really have to worry about. Frank Clark, he's had 53 pressures, nine sacks. After that, nobody has more than five. George Karlaftis has eight, but no one really outside of that. There, there's not really a whole lot from a sack perspective. So you've got to be able to shut down a guy like Chris Jones, Frank Clark, George Karlaftis. You got to be able to make sure that those guys are not getting after the quarterback and that the offensive line is doing their job because you know that you're going to have Kenneth Gainwell or Miles Sanders or a, t- or a tight end. Just don't let your tight end be blocking Chris Jones or Frank Clark. Cause we saw it last week. Look what happens when you try and get a tight end to block. That's what happened to Brock Purdy's hand, not a dirty hit. Like some fans are saying in San Francisco, that's what you get when you have a bad plan for a very good edge, like Hassan Reddick. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Chris Jones, but no matter what, hopefully he's on Lane Johnson's side a lot because Lane Johnson has been the most consistent guy, even though he's playing through something, he says he felt better since it ripped. So we can expect Lane Johnson's probably going out there as 100% Lane Johnson. And if he can, Chris Jones is there off. Often, we've seen what Lane Johnson can do to some elite players and elite edge rushers. He shut Nick Bosa down, and I think having the two weeks off definitely helped guys. A guy like um, Lane Johnson, um, but it is going to be a big test going up against Chris Jones. I think one of the things um, that Sirianni said, I think yesterday or the day before, you know, the Eagles have been practicing the situational stuff that um, whether it's two minute drill, red zone. Um, two-point conversion, you have to expect the unexpected when it comes to Andy Reid and his offense. What do I mean by that? Against the the Raiders, they did the ring around the rosy play. Like, you're going to see something from the Chiefs that the Eagles will see something from the Chiefs that they haven't seen all season long. Absolutely. That's the Chiefs. That's their offense. So the Eagles are going to have to be ready for that. If they get down into the red zone or they get down 
a, a third a, a third and one, fourth and one, expect Kelsey to go under center to sneak it. Um, you know, obviously, especially you don't want Mahomes doing that if he's got to try to push off of his foot, you know, his ankle, excuse me. So um, the Eagles just have to be prepared for anything and everything. And I think if there's going to be a team in the game that's going to do something crazy, a, 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 a flea flicker, a double reverse pass, something like that, it will be the Chiefs. So the Eagles have to be prepared, stay in there, you know, stay stay with their assignments and, and not get beat by something crazy. Um, and if, if that's the way you lose a game, that would be a, a really heartbreaking way to lose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's a lot of creative stuff. We know, like uh, the the Philly special. That was not something they. It was something they had been practicing all that all that year and getting ready for the perfect situation to use it. We know that Andy Reid probably has an entire page in a playbook of plays that nobody has seen, and like the ring around the rosy play, like those types of situations where he just says, "This is a good time to pull one out. Let's see if it works." You mm-hmm. just never know when he's going to pull that out, like you said, to make that play i think like moving into our impact players um i think for offensively it's both tight ends Mm -hmm. because dallas goddard going up against like i just said it nick bolton 73 receptions allowed on 80 targets for 658 yards allowed then you look at the other line other starting linebacker willie gay it's 47 receptions allowed on 52 targets for 351 yards these linebackers cannot cover to save their lives. I think this is going to be a really big game for Dallas Goddard. This could equally, we could probably point to a big game for AJ Brown. If AJ Brown can work the middle of the field properly and get the right matchups, you just never know. If you end up one-on-one with one of those linebackers, Jalen Hurts better see that. Jalen Hurts better throw that because that's your best matchup that you're going to get is up against these linebackers. So Dallas Goddard's going to be my impact player and Travis Kelsey on the other side because we have no one who can cover him in that way, you're going to have to have a guy over top prepared at all times, and then you're going to have to trust Avante Maddox, who's very undersized, or a linebacker who is nowhere as near like TJ Edwards or Kaiser White, who's nowhere as near as athletic as Travis Kelsey. You're going to have a mismatch underneath, and you're going to have somebody prepared to have have to be prepared to help out over top. So those are my two offensive players. If you want to give yours, uh, for the Chiefs offensively, I'm going to go Isaiah Pacheco. Now, I know that the Chiefs don't really run the football a lot. That's more of an Andy Reid thing. But he can – when he runs, he runs hard. For a rookie man, he, he goes out there and he, he lowers his pads. Um, and he can still catch the football out the backfield. So, I mean, him lined up against, you know, T.J. Edwards or Kaiser White um, could be a mismatch in, in, in the Chiefs' favor. For the Eagles, <clears throat> I'm going to go with the receivers. Devontae and, and A.J., they have to win their battles. You mentioned it earlier that the secondary for the Chiefs is – it might be their weakness. Win those matchups and and uh, give your quarterback a chance, give Jalen Hurts a chance to hit you down the field. If they win their matchups, then it's up to the quarterback. It's up to Hurts to, to be able to um, hit them down the field. If you can't hit them down the field, that's on him. Um, you can't blame the receivers. So I, I'm going to go with um, the receivers for the Eagles, Devontae and A.J. Brown, and I'm going to go Isaiah Pacheco for the Kansas City Chiefs. So you got on the defensive side of the football. On the defensive side of the ball, it, I I, I want to go Chris Jones, but I'm going to go Frank Clark. Frank Clark's that guy who in these big moments is a guy that you look back on and he had a big play. He had a game-changing play. Um, so I'm going with Frank Clark. This 
uh, defensive line isn't bad. It's not amazing by any stretch, but George Karlaftis has been consistent. Frank Clark's been consistent, and Chris Jones is the epitome of a consistent and very versatile uh, defensive lineman. So I'm going with Frank Clark because he's that type of guy who, in these big moments, he steps up. He's gonna he 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 would be like the Brandon Graham against the Patriots. Get that strip sack type of play. Like that that is the type of impact player I think Frank Clark can be. And Chris Jones just feels like the easy way out to pick because you know that he needs to be the focus of that offensive line and they always have to know and be accounting for Chris Jones that also could open things up for Frank Clark so you got to be careful on that front um defensively I trust the front four to do what they got to do so I really don't want to name somebody on the front four because they've been the impact defensive players all year for us um so i am going to go with chauncey gardner johnson there is no better time no bigger time to sit there and say how you ready to put your money where your where your mouth is because i am gonna perform this feels like one of those moments he's got he's got the energy he's got the feel like you know the flair you know this feels like a time where he can step up make a big play he's gonna be called upon to deal with a guy like kelsey he's gonna probably be called upon to deal with the running back Kadarius tony from time to time Juju and Marcus Valdez-Scanlon, he could be called upon to deal with some of those guys at times. You never know. His assignment's going to be all over the field, but he's going to have, I feel like he's got to step up. He's going to have to make a big play or two, and I feel like this is the moment. It's as good and as big as it gets for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and he loves it. You can tell he loves this moment. He'll love the moment and the opportunity to step up and make a big play, and I think he's going to be that impact player to watch defensively. So for the Chiefs, I'm going to go Nick Bolton, and I'm going Nick Bolton because I think if there's going to be a spy for Hurts, it'll be him. And the Eagles are really testing my theory of you can't win a Super Bowl by running the football, and that's what they're doing right now. Um, there, they've been obviously circumstances. You know, they didn't really need to throw the football the first their two playoff games leading into the Super Bowl, but I know that I mean, it wouldn't shock me. The Eagles are going to come out wanting to run the ball to set up the pass. And in the Eagles running game is obviously predicated by the, the RPO and and Hertz being able to make the right decision when either handing it to Miles or, or keeping it. And I think Nick Bolton is going to be the guy. I could be wrong, but I, it could be Bolton might be the guy that's going to spy him and try to keep him contained. I thought Fred Warner would have been that guy last or two weeks ago in the NFC Championship game, but. Um, the Eagles were able to run the ball with their their running backs down the down the throat of the Niners, um, and if the Eagles are able to do that and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, then they have a shot. Um, and an additional the- note on them, like Bolton and Gay hit hard. So if they are sp- if one of them is responsible for spying Hurts, Hurts better get his ass down and slide because they hit and they hit hard. They they're like they're kind of they remind me of Blankenship and Epps but with like, you know, 25 30 extra pounds on them, they can hit really hard. And I do not want to see Jalen Hurts taking big taking big hits at any point in this game, especially if he's not 100%. He needs to make sure he he gets down, he gets to the, the yardage that he needs gets out of bounds. Just just don't put yourself at risk because they will hit and they will hit hard. And you took my Eagles defensive player. I was going to go uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson as well, just because he's going to play all over the field. Um, and you know whether it's primarily on Kelsey, whether it's Pacheco, whether it's um, Valdez Scantling, Sh- uh, Smith Schuster, Tony, like it doesn't matter. He is going to be the guy that that's that's going to go all over the field. Um, and, and try to, to contain 
these weapons. And if they're again, if they're able to, that could help the front four get to Patrick Mahomes. And again, you're not going to be able to stop Mahomes. Mahomes is going to throw for 300 yards. Let's be honest. He's going to get his stats. You just have to be able to slow him down. And that's where I think the Eagles offense running the football keep and, and, and having long sustained drives is what's going to um, help the Eagles potentially come away with a Super Bowl victory. And, and to me, okay, if he gets 300 yards, but he's under pressure like 30 40%, 50% of the time, if you're making him make those magical throws and he's making them, that's just Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. I'm okay. If it's a hard work in 300 yards, good. If it's a Jonathan Gannon passive 300 yards, I'll be pissed. But if it is a hard work in 300 yards, you make him make magic and you have him under pressure and keeping him contained. I'm okay with that because you're doing the best that you can. It is Patrick Mahomes. It is an Andy Reid offense. We have to expect. And in the Super Bowl, we don't want the LA Rams and New England Patriots game where they scored 20 points or less between the two of them we want one of the we love those high scoring games that 41 33 we want offensive games but we also want our defense to be able to step up when it matters the most to make those big stops when it's going to matter the most yep uh so yeah now it's prediction time uh this is it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough game it's gonna be a close game i think i don't all the talk on sports radio a lot of talk on sports radio from some of the callers calling in so, you know, WIP saying, you know, the Eagles are going to blow them out. They're not blowing out the the, the Chiefs. It's not going to happen. Uh, what, do you, what do you think the score will be? And are we going to be celebrating our second trophy in five years? I'm going with – I'm going to go with we're not going to be. And this is because I do believe, A, Patrick Mahomes, B, I'm usually wrong when I pick that we're going to lose. So I'm I'm praying, I'm holding out hope that I'm wrong on this prediction. I think it's going to be a really good game. I, obviously, the, the X factor, the game changer is always Patrick Mahomes and what he can do because you think you have him down and he makes these magical throws, these great passes. That's just not something you can game plan for because you can't stop that. Um so I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs over the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think this game will be a blowout. I don't think it'll be more than a touchdown game. I'm going to go with 34 to 31 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. I'm going 31-27 Eagles to win their second Super Bowl in five years. And the defense will make I hope make I'm us, wrong. I hope I'm wrong. The I, defense. See, so I have 31-27, you have 34-31. The, the Chiefs are going to be going down the field to potentially get to that 34-point, and the Eagles are going to make a play to come away with the victory. I'm not saying Brandon Graham strip sack type of play, but it's going to be some. It's going to be a play uh, whether it, it's a slay pick or a, a fourth down stop. The Eagles are going to make a play on defense to win the game, and on Sunday night we will be celebrating in the streets of Philadelphia. Joe says the Eagles can blow out Chiefs if they have an outstanding defensive performance. The reason me and L are so hesitant on the outstanding defensive performance has nothing to do with the players and everything to do with Jonathan Gannon. I agree. If they can stand their ground and give us an A-plus defensive performance like we've seen the past, what, three or four games have been really good defensive games. Against no quarterbacks. 
against no quarterback. So uh, agreed, agreed. But like, if you can step up and somehow make Patrick Mahomes look like a bad quarterback, that would be amazing. But our stress is not with the players. Our stress is with the coordinator. He says, I predict 41, 24. That's, that's huge, man. People got, uh, people really are standing behind. Listen, the Eagles have played in my eyes. They have played to warrant discussion that they could blow a team out. I just don't think in the Super Bowl, in the biggest game of the season, against your, your argue it, one, two, three, wherever you want to put them, arguably the number one team in the league. The, I don't see a blowout happening. I just do not. This is the biggest stage. This is Patrick Mahomes. This is Andy Reid. I just, I, if I'm wrong, I will come on this show on Tuesday and be proud to admit I was 100% wrong if we blow them out. But it just doesn't feel like it's going to be there. Yeah, I, I find it hard to believe that it's going to be a blowout. Um, but you know, any obviously any given Sunday, anything can happen. Um, but we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens come Super Bowl Fifty Seven, as we are three plus a little over three days away from the game. You, what are your plans for Super Bowl Sunday, Connor? You got you got a party you're going to? We're just going to sit back and relax. I haven't even really figured it out yet. We feel like we're going to relax, but I mean, it's tough. You know, I got, I got my, my girlfriend, she's like, she's like seven months pregnant. Plus we got the toddler at home. So it makes it a little tougher to go out, but I mean, what, no matter what Super Bowl, Super Bowl, maybe something will pop up at the last minute, but for now it's a stay in easy night and pray and you know, losing about five, 10 years on my life with the heart attack that will definitely be induced. Yeah. Usually I, I'm able to enjoy the Super Bowl because obviously like if the Eagles aren't in it, you just go wherever you're going to go, relax, eat, eat, and, and just enjoy the game. Now, like I got my Eagles routine, like where I don't eat the first first couple of drives because I'm too nervous and, and whatnot, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> but I, I, I can't wait for the game. Um, you have the Chiefs winning 34-31. I have the Eagles winning 31-27. It should be a great game regardless of what happens. Um, and it's two great teams, the two best teams in the NFL all year. So we should we should see something exciting on Sunday. I hope. Yes. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Kelly Green Hour. We appreciate your comments. Um, we will be back next week with our reaction whether the Eagles win, whether the Eagles lose, we'll be back to, to go over Super Bowl 57 between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. As always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHorrell54. And before we go, Joe says, I got the whole family coming over, projector in one room, big screen TV in the others. Go, that is, See, that's the way you do it. That, that, that sounds like it's going to be a fun time. Enjoy the game, Joe. Enjoy the game, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Kelly green hour and for one last time for real fly eagles fly baby you want philly food yeah let's do it sanders patiently running sanders good cut and another block sanders still going inside the 40s